Hello, everyone, and welcome to the What the Sheep podcast, episode 74, where Alana and myself will be discussing, breaking down, and celebrating seven years of Critical Role with Critical Role Campaign 3, episode 17. And boy, this this was a phenomenal anniversary Mm. episode. This is, I mean, I I feel like... You and I really like when it gets into like the role play stuff when we get really into like the backstories oh, yeah. and all of that. And this 100%. episode was peak that. Peak that. We've been so, saying for so long, bring on the travel episodes because yep. we love the night watches. Because they're always just either there's some encounter that's amazing or there's just just chances for people to pair up yep. and talk and just hang out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. It was there so was good. So much of that. Much it's wild too 17 episodes and they're finally leaving their first yeah. city i think that's kind of cool it's a nice kind of yeah. uh it's a divergence from what we've seen in the past of you know them traveling early on so this is nice mm-hmm. yeah we're finally out of grusar yeah and it, it it felt like we were never going to leave because it took up to the yeah. break for them to actually leave the city because they had a bunch of loose ends to tie up <laughs> Um, you know, they went back to, a few of them went, they split up, you know, a few people went to get horses, some people went back to Lord Estros, and then we had the Milo crew. Um, Yeah. It was all really great. I loved, (laughs) uh, um, for those of you who went to one of the the live viewings at the Cinemarks, Mm. it was awesome. Um, but when, uh, when it was Laudna and Fern that went back (laughs) to Lord Estros to explain what had happened. Um, and Sam's, Sam's comment of like, as they were like trying to just to explain what was happening, Sam was just like, go get popcorn, take this time, go get some popcorn, go leave. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, there was the, the kind of the most chaotic crew to send oh, yeah. to speak to Estros. Oh, yeah. Um, I love how they described it as they're a bunch of like nine year old girls yeah. describing the story. Like, and then this happened and then this yeah. happened and then this happened. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I love I love how Matt plays Estros because he is obviously this large imposing figure with a lot of influence and all this kind of stuff happening yeah. with his character, but he plays the um, kind of exhausted, begrudgingly nice um, patron in the way like he's like yes yeah, okay like he's listening and he's being respectful, yeah. but this guy is like what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Pretty well, much. Who are these people I've hired? But they get the job done, so he's, he's, he's not too stressed, I'm sure. But I just love that exasperated kind of uh, personality that Matt plays for Esteros. Mm-hmm. Um, him with some, some good cooking, some bakewares. Yeah, it's tons of fun. And it's such like an interesting contrast to, obviously, the rest mm-hmm. of the party as a whole. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's just always really fun to see them interact especially when it's just laudan and fern it's it's awesome um well then we had uh imogen and chetney who were in charge of gathering the horses mm-hmm. and i love the reoccurring the, the reoccurring joke that travis was doing that he was just gonna eat the horses or at least one of yeah. them so good oh, boy. once again chetney is easily one of my favorite characters these these horses aren't long for the world though. Like, let's be real. The horses aren't going to last. No, that's <laughs> no, they're not. It's it's very wishful thinking that they're going to be able to bring them back to Drusar. Um, and it's like, and they all know it. They all know. They, yeah, they do. It's not going to be good. It's not going to. They're be not. Good. 
they're not expensive enough to care about, essentially, I guess, in the roleplay sense of things. You can roleplay that your character loves animals, but at the end of the day, if it's going to take you a week to take them back or just leave them, you're going to leave them. They're like 30 gold. <laughs> Move yeah. on. Get new horses elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I also loved, uh, as Adam says, Chetney constantly bringing up the, the seal goats. <laughs> like saying, well, I th- why don't you have them? If, yeah. we, if you had them, we wouldn't be having this argument right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, that, that was fun. I liked, I, I did like the breakup. So I liked Lorna and Imogen going off. I liked Team Horse mm-hmm. taking care of business. Um, but the thing, the one that I, I liked yeah. the most was the Milo conversation. Going yeah. to see Milo with Ash and FCG and Orem. Ooh, that's exciting. That's interesting. That's real. Like, I, I love, that. I love Milo's character. Milo's great. That is a really yeah. awesome character. Like Artificer, plus whatever else. Uh, it's really cool and we got some more I, i'm wondering now because at first we were kind of thinking that fcg's like hiccup the night before was just because he was injured um, yeah but it might it might end up being something more could be something more we don't know we don't know enough about the empathy domain or any kind of uh, physical aspect of FCG. We know that Sam has been taking notes. We know that he's like, you know, marking things off. Matt says, you know, take a point or, you know, add like subtract a point. We know that whenever they do the empathetic, empathetic bonding, they take temporary hit points, but we don't seem to understand what that means for FCG. So the fact that Milo is then inspecting them and says, Oh, there's a lot of pent up energy here. A lot of kind of unreleased energy. Um, that's, it's concerning. <laughs> it does me a concern. Um, but it's really interesting. I'm wondering if it is, you know, just that's how FCG is all the time. FCG always has this, or if this has just been the progressive buildup over the past couple of weeks of, you know, being in Drusar and doing all these things and taking on all those temporary hit points or whatever. And I just want to know more. I just want to yeah. see that explode <laughs> essentially. Yeah, because uh, now, <clears throat> obviously, I, I want it to be something really cool like that. Mm. But we can also go the more boring route and just and just maybe theorize that, well, maybe there is just this buzzing energy because he just finished a long rest, and so he's he just yeah. has full power, his full spell slots mm. available to him. I like it. Um, or the pent-up energy could be at, like, foreshadowing, like, future spells that he gets. Like, there's there's Ooh. so much energy here that hasn't been released yet because he hasn't learned like how that. to use how to harness it hasn't learned how to use yeah. these different powers he it's essentially potential control. energy yeah yeah okay yeah i like it i like to think that it's a ticking time bomb oh yeah same, um, same. that scg is gonna same. like absolutely crack it yeah. eventually <laughs> yep yeah that's what we're here for that, really let's be let's yeah, be realistic with yeah. ourselves that's the angst i'm yeah. here for I... yeah uh, but there, there was a lot of different. uh there was a lot of angst this episode or i guess i wouldn't say there was a lot of angst but the angst that did happen was enough to like last hmm. me at least for a very and, long time yeah and it wasn't even really angst it's it's it's, it's the type it's the mood that we associate yeah. with angst yes. it's like it's like very old grief that yes. we that we yep. then like enjoy which makes us sound like psychopaths um mm-hmm. which is like oh yes give me your give me your old grief yeah. please um i want to yeah it's uh they know they know oh, yeah. it's fine we don't need to display this to them um yeah. but yeah no it's 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 interesting it's it's, it's exciting um mm-hmm. i think 
there's, there's, there's something's got to give eventually with FCG. There's going to be some reveal, some like it ha- that. I say there has to be. I don't want to sound like an idiot and be like, oh, there's definitely 100% going to be. But I feel like there has to be another big reveal, um, something that oh, yeah. we're not clear on. We're starting to push it, not to jump ahead, but we're starting to push it a little bit with the mind meld he did with Imogen. Um, some I, sus I, things it happening probably in could have gone real bad if they had rolled low. Yeah. <laughs> did they just like both fall unconscious and their minds are just yeah. lost? Like, yeah. um, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later because I've got a lot to say about that scene as well. But yeah. um, no, it was it was a good first half. I thought I liked the. It was. Um, it was. Prior prior to the splitting up, I liked them just having their chat in the tavern. Yeah. Um, Chetney was it? Was it Chetney and uh, Imogen or Chetney and Lorna? Who was it that woke Chetney up? Oh yeah, Lorna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lorna. Yeah, and he's just like trying to figure out how to play it with Fern. Yeah. Like, do I go in like ignore her? Do I play it cool? Um, that was that was really fun. Um, oh, and we had the we had the dream. We had Imogen's dream first up. Oh, we that's right. We started. There was so <laughs> much that happened notes. last night. There was so much that happened last night. But yes, so there was there was the dream. This same same situation, but there was the the crystal mm. rock that was later revealed to be a gnarl rock, which is a specifically gnarl. from the Feywild that oh, has dude. the ability to change things they corrupted corrupt maybe mm. good corruption maybe bad corruption mutates not really sure mutates yes mutate is a better better word so um interesting but we got to see that she interacted with the dream in a different way yes it was very much uh she didn't initially run she still had all the same kind of audio cues mm-hmm. uh but she she didn't run initially she had this rock and she was kind of like sizing up the potential of like how she might be able to use this but we also got um i think this was the first time she said she was she smelt the storm and smelt that it like yeah, smelled the said, irony smelt yeah i think smelt is a word in that context she smelled the uh the iron kind of yeah. uh ironness of the storm um but she also then upon waking had the theory of like, well, what if I just go into it? What if mm-hmm. I enter the, the storm, which is like peak kind of chaotic sorcerer oh, yeah. vibes. Like, well, I mean, I could just go into this giant, like iron blood scented storm that's yeah. been haunting me. Yeah, that makes fine. total sense. I love it though. I want that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Imogen as this kind of, she wants, she wants answers, but she's mm-hmm. also still, power hungry but not i'm not saying that in a negative way she she seeks power like she is looking for kind of access to yeah. power which you know any good sorcerer would do so um yeah i want more of that i can't wait for another dream to happen and to see how it progresses yeah and it's they had like a, a theory that you know because imogen fell asleep with the rock and it came into a dream maybe if she mm. you know holds on to law and she'll come into mm, the dream i i sweet I would love I would love that. That'd be really, really interesting if somehow that's able yeah. to happen. And I'm wondering if maybe Isn't now I'm now I'm thinking about what FCG and Imogen had done. Mm. What if FCG tries peering into her mind as she's sleeping to try to like get into one of her dreams as well? I was thinking that too. Maybe it's like because she had a mental connection with the Narok right before the dream. So what if it's yeah. like 
related to her psionic abilities. So people uh-huh. that she has connected, she is connected with all of them though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, but maybe it's that deeper connection. Like she peered deep into the Nile rock. Maybe now that she's had this kind of uh, mind tornado with FCG, mm-hmm. what if he appears in the dream next time? And yeah. then we get a sense of like how he dreams. Cause that's, yeah. a, that's another big thing. Like how does he dream? Um, it is. I, I love it. I love the Feywild. I love the dream aspect of this campaign. Mm. I love the moons. Uh, it's 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 great. It's it's so good. I think yeah. campaign two we had a lot of politics and you know war, which was excellent and super exciting. Mm. But I'm loving the mystical bullshit of this. Campaign. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, Blood magic and moon magic and psionic magic give me all the fucked up magic <laughs> and, and, and it sounds weird saying this because they're playing a D game but this feels like more more of a return to like a classic mm. like high fantasy uh yeah sort of setting um because again before you know the previous campaign was very political um mm. there was a lot of diplomacy that was going on um a lot of mm. sneaking around investigating uh, which is and again it's... amazing in its own right and not to say that campaign two wasn't high fantasy because again mm. it's D anD D, but this one yeah. really taps into that mystical um, mystery, which mm. is awesome. It's kind of like campaign one was the hero's journey and like the heroic kind of fantasy setting. Campaign two kind of felt more modern in the sense that it was so politicized and mm. um, focused on you know, boundaries and war and things like this. Mm. This feels like we're still in that kind of modernized world. Drusar feels like a fairly yeah like. But there's so many fantasy elements. I was, I was thinking it feels like season two of Legend of Korra. Like you've got, yeah. you know, you've got Empire City and you've got like all the, mm-hmm. I don't I can't remember if that's actually what it's called, but you've got all the modern worlds, but we're looking at the spiritual shit now. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited because it's like, yeah, Wow, that's great. actually super interesting because yeah, in season two, there is the whole like opening the portals again to the the spirit realm and this is there's a lot of Feywild stuff happening. Yeah, what's going on? Um I saw a really good uh breakdown of someone called back Plane Rider Rin. You know how in campaign two they'd gone to the fire plane, they found the notes of Plane Rider Rin saying yeah. the convergence of the planes. And we've talked about this a bit as well. Like is this is this something that's happening? Is this gonna be something that's big in campaign mm-hmm. three? Um either pos- we saw it in EXU, maybe possible shiftings with the elemental chaos and now we're seeing this place, just this place of the wilds where the fail wild appears to be quite strong. Yeah. Could it be this convergence is beginning and aspects of the planes are colliding? That'd be, I think, a really cool um, arc, a really cool plot point. Do we... This to be. It's funny, because do we know when Plane Rider Rin was writing those notes? No, and we don't know necessarily when they said it was coming, but we got a sense it was... Mm-hmm coming like yeah it was, was something it would be sweet. funny if like the reason why this convergence is even is even happening is because um the initial gate was opened to the feywild and just oh, all that chaotic energy just you know caused chaos in the material world but then was able to then somehow seep into other planes or was able to crack into them oh. i don't know I don't I think because they also mention how Ruidus is like um, acting up, yeah. right? Or like there, there's aspects of it flashing and, mm-hmm. excuse me, and just not looking as it should in the sky. Um, but I guess with the convergence of a planes, you imagine it's like, 
I think they said it was something that has happened before. Like it was, it was predicted and it's happened. And so now it's happening again. Um, the concerning thought is like, you know, if <laughs> Artigan forgot to close the door behind him, just letting, just letting all yeah, the Feywilds spill fine. out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just like the idea of if the planes do align, uh, what are also we going to see? We're going to see aspects of like Shadowfell peeking through. We're going to, yeah. Like, is it gonna is it gonna do something with the divine gate? Is there gonna be some kind of you know? Are we gonna see celestial and fiendish planes start breaking through? Well, um, you know, like like I've been saying since like yeah. back towards the end of campaign two, like yep. I really think we're gearing up for like a second calamity or something. Yes, especially with the convergence, like all of these things yes. crossing over. A new like, age, new it's... age. Let's go. I feel like. Because now I'm thinking from, like, a meta standpoint. So if this is their last campaign, it would kind mm. of make sense to have, like, a new age begin mm. from, like, a, a calamity, like, ending this with a calamity and then, like, the aftermath. Because mm. then they can start completely anew with, like, a, like a brand new, like, full cast um, yeah. in, like, the new age Exandria. Um, it's, like, just a completely fresh start. Um, that's mm. a bit more of, like, a meta take on if there is, like, a yeah. calamity. But it would also make sense if they wanted to then like go back to their own home games, but then continue supporting a D and D show on critical role. This mm. could be a way for them to do that. Uh, this is... Yeah. I just, I'm just keen for whatever the calamity might oh, yeah. be. Cause the calamity previously was like God induced. I like the idea mm. if this was like, you know, humanoid induced or like uh, mortal yeah. induced, that'd be kind of mm. cool. Yeah. Super Lich, excited. Lich and juice. Um, but yeah, where were we? <laughs> uh, Milo's. So Milo. Uh, Milo gave FCG a few uh, advancements, being able oh, to yeah, swap that out awesome. that, that arm as just a, a free action, essentially, which is That's pretty handy. good because before it took their entire action to, to yeah. switch it out. So that definitely opens up FCG's action economy. And I kind of was thinking that too. I'm like, dang, like. I mean, it's cool that FCG has this buzzsaw on this grappling hook, but in combat, if it takes their full turn, like, that's it's the, really yeah, rough. It's, that's really it's rough. It's hard to manage, yeah. Because uh-huh. you want to move into place, and then you open yourself up to attack, and then, yeah. you know, you're, 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 yeah, you're losing an entire turn. You're taking, essentially, entire turns of damage between then and actually getting hit off. Yeah, but again, as Adam yeah, said, we rough. can't forget that. If, if FCG rolls a one, it's going to be, uh, some, something's going to happen. It'll probably, it's, I mean, um, it'll probably just um, break, but I think it'll just break. I think the arm will fall off and maybe injure themselves or injure yeah. someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still gonna be funny regardless. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, and I'm sure like Sam. Sam loves self-inflicted pain and just oh yeah, nerfing yeah. himself beyond belief because he he loves he yeah. loves that and yeah, I he, love he him for playing, it. I think it's hilarious. He, he loves playing at a disadvantage. Oh yeah, 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 which I think is, is great. <laughs> Because it was even um, later on, it was one of their final survival checks of the night, and FCG or Sam decided to roll for it, uh, but he rolled by himself. And then Laura was like, "No, I'll give you advantage." But then Sam was like, "Well, too late." Yeah, I've already rolled. It probably it probably wasn't too late, but like Sam, like <laughs> Sam doesn't care. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, I, I like that aspect of uh, Sam as a player. I think oh, it's yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of like the opposite of a min max. <laughs> it's just yeah. like. Yeah, it's like no, I'm gonna I'm gonna play as kind of uh, pushed down as I can. Mm-hmm. That's good. Makes good character moments. 
Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think there's a lot more opportunity for character developments and just cool, overall cool character moments in failure rather than mm. like in success. Because if it's just success, then there's none of that like awesome like payoff after all the hard Yeah, shows. we've so, always said like rolling low in D and D is just as exciting as rolling high. Like, yeah, mm. yeah, failures are just as exciting. Yeah. Um, That's great. Um, but then, yes, eventually the party does end up leaving Drewstar. However, hey. I have this written down early on in my notes, so I think it happened before they left Drewstar. Burn was talking a little bit about her parents. Mm. Oh, yes, yeah, so this was back morning. when they were in the tavern. And yes. Burn was saying how she would receive letters from her parents over the years. Yeah. And she yeah. said that she got one yeah. of them from Aeor? Yeah. Aeor? Huh? Okay. A few few theories. Let's let's break this down. Yeah. So first things first, she said it's been a while since she's yeah. received these letters. She feels like the last one was when she was in her forties or yeah. around about that time. And we know she's a hundred and ten, hundred and twelve years old. Mm-hmm. So it's been like seventy it's years. Yeah. It's been seventy years since she's effectively heard from her parents. That being like and that's not even like Faye wild timey-wimey stuff because she actually gave her ages. So it's, it's constant to her. So it's been yeah. 70 years since she's heard from her parents. It could be that like, you know, her birth's not been as long for her parents. Like we don't know. Uh, yeah. Faye wild time bullshit. Um, but I all like mm-hmm. this, this would have, if it was when she was 40, and presumably if it was that time, so 70 years ago in the past, this is pre-Vox Machina. This is like, you know, yeah. um, pre, do my maths here, probably like pre-Thordak, maybe the first time. Um, what were they doing in Aeor? Well, because now I'm thinking because time moves slower in the Feywild, right? I or it can move faster. Or moves faster. It can move either. It depends. It, oh, okay. it, it's determined when you enter and leave. Okay. Yeah. Um, interesting, because I'm wondering then, because Fern only semi-recently entered the material plane, mm. right? Yeah. So if she was yeah. receiving letters from her parents who were already in the material plane, but but like time is weird... And she was getting letters in the Feywild? Like, who's delivering letters? Yeah, so, I mean, if time is really that weird, I guess it may, maybe it is possible that her parents were in Aeor, like, when it was still, like, flying all those <laughs> centuries ago. <laughs> they they left the Feywild, and it's yeah. like, all right, you're being reverted 10,000 years. <laughs> yeah. I think... I, I'm not sure that would work because I think yeah. if we look at like say Singhorn and and Artie and I, do, I don't I, I'm gonna have to read up it I don't know enough about the time dilation of the Feywild if it's constant mm-hmm. for every person if it's constant just for one person um, I don't it's yeah it's dodgy but I, I feel like it's probably they're just exploring the ruins um but I want to know, kind of like, do we? 
we, we don't know enough about them. Like the fact that yeah. well, the fact that they just left mm. um, is interesting enough. The fact that they left the Feywild, um, and she was then essentially like you know lived with her grandmother, mm. who who like we don't know. Like, we don't know if her grandmother's a fawn. We don't know if she's a satyr or whatever. Um, her grandmother's name's Morrigan, which is is that big? Because last night. Like when when that's that name a, was dropped, the crowd was like, "Whoa, what?" Morgan's Mar- like, huh? like a very kind of uh, powerful name in regards to like witch law and and fantasy law. Like oh, okay. it's essentially the name of a queen of witches. Uh, would be so a is, way is to like it. would be like Merlin. Like if she was like, it's like oh, Merlin. Yeah, Merlin. Like, my grandfather's Merlin. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, Morrigan's a powerful name into in, in like specifically in like Irish folklore, but like mm-hmm. in any kind of witch law, Morrigan is is um yeah, a strong a strong name. It's it's mm-hmm. we don't know with Ashley. Honestly, we never know with Ashley. It could be a coincidence, <laughs> yeah. but it could also be a very purposeful um, name to give a grandmother like character. It comes across very witchy, and it and that it could be because I mean, Burton calls. Morgan, her grandmother, that may not mm. mean like you know her mother's yeah. mother. Like she, a grandmother could just be like a blanket term. The title, she's very yeah. old and was just like always there. 100%. Um, 100%. So maybe like Morgan is the reason why like the Callaway name is so big in the Feywild is because their descendants are related to uh, Morgan in some mm. way. Um, so that's pretty yeah. interesting. Really I'm excited to see the go. Uh, but um, we've got her parents' names. So it was like Oleander and uh, Birdie, Birdie, which is yeah. really sweet. That's the cute names. Yeah, that's typical Feywild names. Yeah. But they're probably going to be some fucked up things. <laughs> like these people yeah. just casually go to Ale. You know, they're fine. I'm sure they're super sweet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not you know, not particular. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. Um. But so, yes, then after that, they wrapped up all their business in Drusar, finally left, um, and we had some pretty interesting encounters during the days. So I think we can go through the day encounters, and then, like, we'll go through all the day encounters they had, and then we'll talk about all of the night watches. Um, We won't go in chronological order, because there's just so much to talk about, about each of them, that we'll just break them up into into blocks. So, um, their day encounters... Uh, we got some really cool magic items um, mm. from from yeah. the encounters. Their first one, um, the oh, chase rabbit. with the the wabbit, the little wabbit, wesley wabbit. Was uh, was yeah. do we know what kind of creature that was? It was a big rabbit. Yeah, it was just a big old big old <laughs> hopper. When when Matt uh, described it, it kind of I was thinking like an owl mirage, uh, like with the horn. Oh yeah, yep. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was big. It was like four yeah, foot tall, standing yeah. up. So I don't know if it's you know just a bit big owl mirage, <laughs> but um, it could just be some fae creature, uh-huh. uh, or it could be like even like um, I doubt it, I doubt it's like any of the hair folk, which are like the mm-hmm. new kind of playable race, because it seemed to be a creature. Yeah. Uh, it seemed to be a beast. Uh, but yeah, just some kind of weird rabbit with a horn. Which, I mean, Almorages are fake, so it could just be, you know, a different subspecies. I like it, yeah. though. I thought it was... Yeah. I, it sounded cute. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was super nice. Uh-huh. Um, but then from from it, the party acquired a Feywild shard. 
Mm. Just uh, akin to the the gnarl rock that they had, but different yeah. properties a bit. But a very interesting item that was given to Imogen, as it could only be attuned to by a sorcerer. And yeah. some really interesting properties, allowing it to be used as a focus, as well yeah. as... Uh, you know, potential wild magic. Potential wild magic. Which lore is perfect for that because oh, she's yeah. gonna do it. Like I feel like sometimes uh, if a character's given an item, they'll be like, "Oh, this is exciting," but I'm not. I'm like, I'm too too scared to use the wild magic table, or you know, if the consequences outweigh outweigh um, yeah. the the benefits that could possibly happen. But I feel like Laura's just gonna be like, nah, fuck it. Like this is this is chaos. This is what I'm here yeah. for. Um, and we're going to get a lot of those roles, mm-hmm. uh, which is so exciting. The potentials then for not only just wild magic surges, but then uh, the fact that it doesn't require concentration, so these spells can just yeah. last, mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, yep. But I'm just, yeah, we haven't had proper wild magic. No. We st- Yeah, like we've, we've had the table and we've had effects and things like that. In AOL, mm-hmm. there was a lot of that as oh, well. Yeah. But... Um, I'm excited for it to kind of be used, utilized by a PC. Like this is now a PC calling the shots of the wild magic. And I can't remember, was there a limit on how many times she could use it a day or was it just like any time she uses meta magic? Yeah. No, it's, I, uh, I was reading the item and it's whenever she uses meta magic, she can choose her on the table. And unless you are a wild magic surge sorcerer, it then resets daily. So, gotcha. um, yeah. So if you're a wild magic sorcerer, then, I mean, you could just do it whenever because you've got yeah. the wild magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so it's a once a day sort of thing. Gotcha. Uh, but what was the other property of it? It has the wild magic surge, but there was another property of it. It was... Uh, I think it was just, could be used as an arcane focus. Yeah, okay. I think, I think that was it. I thought there was something else. Let me just quickly check. Now, now I'm thinking there, thinking there might have been something else as well, but I cannot fully remember. Not fully. Um, All right, yes. Yes, that is that is it. <laughs> it is just the focus. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, cool though. Cool. Oh yeah. Like, totally. What? Whenever wild magic is brought up, I always roll a d one hundred just to see, like what, what I might get. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just fun. It's just a fun fun table. Um, yeah. And it, it's funny because Talison obviously has experience from when wild magic could go very very poorly and it still kind yeah. of can just not as bad because i feel like on old like older wild magic tables like i think one of the results was like you cast fireball like on yourself or something yep. like it's centered on yourself like just like it could just go so so badly yeah um uh, I, I do think yeah. recent versions it's a bit more lax than that uh, no, it's fireball's still there. Yeah, oh, it's still there? You, oh, wonderful. If you roll a seven or an eight, yep, you cast fireball as a third level spell centered on yourself. Oh, well, good. Oh, good. It's still actually <laughs> I think last night when I brought it up, I rolled, I got a 43, which is like, for the next minute, you can teleport up to 20 feet as a bonus action on each of your turns. Like, it's just like free misty step. Um, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. I'm so I'm so keen for that to, like, come into play. It's a, it's a shame that it's a once a day thing, but it's going to kind of make those little moments really fun i reckon yeah and, mm. and like it's funny because we see it as like such an innocent thing right now but because of how very how much variance it has it could given the right circumstance and the right situation and the right role 
It could be like a campaign mm. changer. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's like, there's some here that are just like. Happens. I mean, isn't there one that's just like you die? I think like. <laughs> you just you're dead. Oh, I mean, there's uh like if you die within the next minute, you immediately come back to life as if by the reincarnate spell, oh. which changes your race and everything. Um, I do like uh, Gem Knight pointed out that. Uh, you can turn into a pot plant, which is one less than the one I rolled previously. If I'd rolled a 42, it's you turn into a potted plant until the start of your next turn. <laughs> You're just a plant. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's so great. funny. Oh, oh wow. I love it. Yeah. It's, so, it's cool. It's, it's, yeah, a, it's a I'm fun addition. I was, yeah. Mm. Um, that's the kind of thing when you're planning and you're the DM and you're just like, what magic items can I just throw at my party? And I like that Matt, he doesn't make it easier. Like they had to work for each of these things. Um, like they had yeah. to fully chase this rabbit down to get it. Um, I, in my head, I was like, it's just going to be like, you know, a salt lick rock or something or like some kind yeah. of vegetable. But no, it, it worked out as like an actual usable item that, yeah. you know, they worked for and they got it. It was cool. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, uh, then the other, the other big, I guess, mm. encounter they had during the day was mm. the storm that came in. And, oh my gosh. The set. The set with all of like the, the vines and the flowers. But then, okay, so one thing that I did want to bring up because I didn't really notice before because like when I watch like at home like with my headphones and stuff, like I can oh. hear the music and like the soundtrack that kind of plays in the background, yeah. but it's not like super loud. Like it's not super like noticeable mm. a lot of the time. Um, but in theaters, like the, the music was like top quality like you could yeah. hear it was like surround sound you could cool. hear the music and it like it <laughs> enhanced every single scene um uh during that episode it was incredible like that that's why i was saying like before before we went live i was saying how every episode should be viewed in a theater because it completely enhances the experience not only yeah. with like the sound and like the music and stuff um but also like being in a crowd with like the best vibes and the best reactions also like super enhances the viewing experience um, of the episode. And so like so cool. being surrounded by a bunch of critters and with uh, the music playing a huge factor in amplifying, amplifying the emotions of the scene just it was so incredible. Um, I like to at one point like the rain changed to heavy rain and yeah. I think it was like Sam like oh is that different rain yeah. versus just like light rain heavy rain yep. <laughs> it was just it was mm -hmm. just pretty cool to see from a technical point of view like the amount of work that went to it the heavy rain looked amazing I want that in my bedroom I want like a projection screen yeah, that I can cool. have just heavy rain coming mm -hmm. down um, no it's it's a really cool effect that they've got um, and it matched as you say so well with the seventh year anniversary yeah, setting they so had good. with all the plants and vines um, around it. Mm -hmm. It was cool. It was really peaceful. And Genius Plus said, Chris, the sound guy mixes the audio special for theaters. That's oh. awesome. That's incredible. Um, because I'd never really like took note of like the music before, before last night. Uh, and it was amazing. Like all of the sounds, like not even just the, the music is the rain, the sounds of the sounds of the jungle. Um, and then before we, we continue on with this encounter, one thing I did want to bring up was mm -hmm. Imogen's moment alone when they first oh, left Drusar yeah. and she kind of stepped so away nice. from the party for a bit and just listened to the sound of the forest without 
the dozens, maybe even hundreds of mines that are uh, trying to push through her barriers that she pushes, uh, that, yeah. that she puts up was, it's a really nice moment for her. Uh, very relaxing, especially with all of the sounds of the and stuff. So oh, no, it was it's just nice. nice that Imogen got to have that moment alone of peace and quiet, finally, <laughs> after being in Drusar. Uh, it's... Oh, I'm just so happy with traveling. Just everything good happens I know. on the road. Yeah, everything good happens with traveling. Yep. Um, uh, so, like, we, we we gotta we gotta savor it while while we've got it, and we might have it for a while. Uh, because mm -hmm. I mean, before we had it for a long time in campaign too, but then once they got access to the teleportation circle, teleport, and yeah. teleport, and then it's just bamfing in other uh, places. But do sorcerers get it? Know what it'll be. Circle? going to be transport via plants will be the thing it'll be fern with the transport oh, via right. plants that's right. thing. that's yep. um let me just look up that's a six level spell so there's still a little while off mm -hmm. like uh I, I guess there's i don't know if there's any easier or more accessible ones before that but Imagine what six level. When does she get six level? Let me find the table. Is that like level eleven. Eleven? Yeah, eleven. Yeah, so there's still a ways off from that one at the very least. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know when that would get teleport or teleportation circle. Let me let me look it up. I can I can do quick stuff. Quick, teleportation. Uh, quick searches. Um, yeah. So continuing on with some of their their day to day stuff while you look up that. Um, oh, they do. Sorcerers do get. It. Oh, okay. at fifth, fifth level. Oh, okay, spell. so that's like level nine. Nine. Fifth level nine. Yep. Good one. Um. Uh, what was I saying? There is the storm that that came in. There was a lightning strike upon a tree. Mm. Which is, and I love like, again like. I love these like roll for what happens during the day types of things yeah um because it's totally random and it could be whatever and mm. i love that the party investigates because it's like classic D D. you know you 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 go to the stuff that the dm mentions because you know obviously that's yeah. where the interesting stuff is yeah exactly <laughs> like the like putting ourselves like in that world like if we were just some average joes traveling on a path and a lightning struck a tree be like oh mm -hmm. well moving on now um yeah but like the beauty of time D &D, to get where it's like to get inside <laughs> yeah you, you, the, the beauty of D, D is you go investigate that stuff because it's it, it's either it's either just going to be a tree that was struck by lightning or there's going to be some interesting stuff and mm. more often than not it's going to be some interesting stuff yeah. Um, At the very least, you can go get your witch bolt materials yep. from the burning tree. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was. Uh, yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. But we did get a uh, a chromatic rose. Yeah. From this tree. That was nice. A very interesting magical item. I'm uh, I'm noticing his uh, his as in re reference to Mr. Matt Mercer. Um, the first thing, the fey wild shard, that is from Tasha's, I'm fairly certain. Um, mm. Or I might be getting this mixed up. Either way, he's using both Tasha's and he's using the Witch Beyond the Wild Light, which is the Feywild Adventure book that came out. That had chromatic... I might be getting these mixed up because it seems like the Feywild Shard should be coming from the other mm. thing. But he's using the new source books uh, regardless, which I think is really cool. Um, because I remember when I was watching Campaign 1, and I... <laughs> 
this sounds really nerdy. I used to sit there with the books in front of me uh-huh. <laughs> and whenever something, and this was, I was still learning, I was still learning D and D a lot. When, um, whenever something came up, any mention of an item or anything mentioned a monster, I'd be like, pause. And I'd go and yeah. like, look it up. Um, or if he was describing a monster, it was my favorite game to play. If he was describing a monster before he said the name, I would flip through the monster manual and try and find it before mm-hmm. like we knew what it was. Cause I used to love yeah. knowing the stats and knowing what to expect. Yeah. Um, but now, like, but now he's using the newer books. It's like, oh no, I haven't read that one yet. Yeah. What is this one of thing? And he's also using a lot more homebrew stuff, which is really cool. Uh, but that little part of me of the the absolute nerd wanting to look mm-hmm. everything up, it's like, oh, oh no, like, I can't <laughs> find this. I can't find the Shade yeah. Mother in the Monster Manual. What the fuck? Uh-huh. Um, it's it's cool, but the the concept kind of uh, the point I was trying to make is that the. <laughs> constant references to the Feywild like it's it's just it's it's a lot at this point and it's just I feel like yeah. it's just building and it oh, has yeah. to well, I hope it comes to something because we've got the Feywild chart we've got the chromatic rose which as I said came from the Feywild mm-hmm. book um oh bring it on I'm excited to see where this is going to go oh yeah. oh yeah um but yeah still a very a very interesting magic item capable of oh. you know blasting some some fools with with lightning uh, so it packs a packs a bit of a punch. So yeah, very cool, very interesting. Um, but then the the next big thing that happened was basically the end of the episode. So we'll save that for the end. Um, mm-hmm. But I believe that's it for their daily stuff. Um, mm. As far as my notes time. Uh, because then there was a lot. That happened mm-hmm. during the night watches. Mm-hmm. I've got the oh, list. Yeah. I've got the list. <laughs> Excellent. So we'll just we'll start from the top and work our way work our way through. Who do you have as the yeah. top of the list there? I mean, so there was a lot of different watches, but these yeah. I got five, which were the main kind of conversations yeah. and the main big things that happened. So our first was Fern and Ashton having a lovely little talk, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and we got some interesting kind of. Uh, tidbits about ashton uh which which okay here's the thing ashton said yes <laughs> i'm i'm so wild this morning like I'm, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't eaten yet so i'm like <laughs> i'm just chaotic okay. uh, ashton made comment co- comment on i was uh I, w- I used to be soft i didn't get yes yeah I wasn't always hard. I was soft and it wasn't until 10, 11. Now there's two avenues that I've seen people go down on this path. Like mm. the, the fandom I think is split on what this means. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying like, Oh, were they not always Janasi? I saw yeah. like a lot of people saying like, Oh, something happened when they were 10 or 11 that turned them Janasi. And this then led to this, you know, mm-hmm. physiological change. Um, I'm leaning more towards the other path, which is just, you know, you know, has always been Janasi. It's just around this age that the ch- like a change puberty hit, you know, when mm. puberty hits and mm. you start growing rock crystals all over your body. Um, oh yeah. But I, I like, I like the kind of openness that Ashton was presenting in this scene. The fact that we're getting mm-hmm. kind of more, more from their backstory. Um, because we've mentioned it before, Ashen's kind of like, and not to make a really bad pun, but Ashen is a big softy. Um, yeah. Ashen has a lot of kind of emotional weight and a little bit like a bit of an act that they put on to look tough. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, what if, 
this is what if he means this in a very metaphorical sense like when he was younger he was a lot softer a lot more vulnerable but then something happened around 11 and 12 that made him how he is now third like avenue very, yeah <laughs> we've got a third one very yeah. abrasive uh no fucks given uh sort of deal it because something something had happened um yeah uh, i like that idea i mean i'm i'm all on board if there is this crazy uh a wild theory that you know ashton grew up as a human and then something happened and they yeah. suddenly turned into a genasi like yeah. that would be wild um mm. but I, I like your take of it of you know yeah it, it was kind of you know maybe maybe literal but more figurative mm. of yeah i i kind of had to go a bit grow a bit hard to mm. um deal with what was happening Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I just want more from Ashton because the, yeah. the little bits we get, they seem like such a complex character. It seems like maybe mm. their backstory, there's stuff in it. It's there's stuff to unpack there, but it seems like it's going to be a lot of their personality that we're mm. going to break down and a lot of yeah. their kind of wants and needs and hopes. And they're just, they're so laissez-faire. I'm excited for, yeah. I'm excited for them to <laughs> We're so fucking cruel. I'm excited for them to have like a mental breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for Open FCG up. to explode. I can't wait for Ash for Ashton to have a mental breakdown. I mean that in the nicest sense of the term, yeah. mental breakdown. But like, I'm yeah. excited for the, them to show something other than apathy. I guess mm -hmm. like we've had we've had you know enjoyment and we've had kind of. Um, you know, their, their rage is more like uh, uh, an excitable rage, like an adrenaline rage. It's not so much like a an yeah. anger rage. Um, mm. But I'm excited to see them feel the more soft emotions. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, because it's and because it's Talison, and you know, I like to see Talison act. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. I, yeah, I, I miss I miss good old good old Caduceus and all of mm. his. Uh, Caring, nurturing, T11. Yeah, but that's, but that's the thing too with Caduceus because Caduceus was very kind of even keeled. They they had a strong kind mm. of strong control of their emotions. Uh, even when Caduceus got angry, which was always mm -hmm. like amazing, mad Caduceus. Oh, yeah. um, uh, even then, it was still very not so much restrained, but it was in control. Um, Caduceus never like flipped their shit so mm. much. Um, and we only got Molly for a little bit. Uh, we we didn't really get to see kind of that inner turmoil that Molly was going through too much. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the potential of this character to, you know, have this very brash, outward, hard exterior, and just there's some fucked up shit going on. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I wanted to talk about And then. Continuing on with the the conversation that they had, yeah. I still love the the little feud that they have going of pickpocketing each other. It's just so fun. Yeah, it's wholesome fun. Yeah. Um, I like it was such a good exchange, and it just it speaks so. Oh, their improv is so amazing, and just their ability to, uh, speak so well, which is ironic because yeah. I'm struggling here. But the things they say, you're just like, how the fuck do you come up with this stuff? Yeah. Um, when Fern said, like, uh. Like you don't have to steal from me. You just have to ask. What is it you yeah. want? And to not have to ask. Yeah. Um, like the thrill of it's stealing. Really like it's, it's not want. It's not being given something. It's I want to take something. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Um. Yeah. It's it's such a good character relationship. Mm 
Uh, I love the idea that Fern says she's going to go through the entire party. Oh. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 going to come. This, this is this this is the this is the party for a massive like orgasm. The, the, yeah. Orgy <laughs> for a massive orgy for a, for a massive what? You wanna you wanna run that bias again? <laughs> oh man! Yep. Yep. Oh the fuck. Ah, uh, well, everyone, that's all the time we have for uh, for this evening. I'm uh, sorry. No, no, it's not. no, it's it's great. the The audience lost it um, when when Fern had said that uh, yeah. that line. It was, it was so funny. Um, but yeah, just more great, great dynamic building between uh, these two, these two, these two characters. Um, hmm. Well, then which one was next? Was it was Lorna? Uh, Lorna and Orem were next. Yes. We can skip that one. Uh, that <laughs> one. Was, that one was bad. Um, <laughs> uh, so when I when I say that going to a live show and oh, being in the so audience jealous. for reactions so jealous. enhances the experience, I mean it because while. The Laudna Orum conversation was in its own right in an isolated, you know, situation. Awesome. And we got so much information. Being with an audience to experience that was next was next level. It was insane. Just like the slow wave that was like washing over the audience mm -hmm. as Laudna was explaining things and like pockets of people being like, wait, what? Wait, huh? And then when she finally said it, the entire audience being like, what? Holy shit. For like, it was like for 30 seconds before the, like the crowd quieted down again yeah. because people were flipping their shit. Watching the cast reactions too as they're picking it up. They're yeah. just like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I got, I'm talking about now I'm getting goosebumps again. I got goosebumps. Yeah. Uh, while watching it. Um, and normally when I, like, cause I can't watch live anymore. When I was watching, I was watching on two times speed, but as soon as she started talking, like as soon as they mentioned Whitestone, I was like, here we go. This yep, is it. Yep, like, we're yep. going to get more stuff here. Uh, so like I went back to normal speed and it's, I think it's just Marisha's way of playing Lorna, especially talking about something quite vulnerable. She speaks yeah. in the very slow, but yeah. pragmatic and point of fact uh, mm -hmm. way of speaking um, that, I mean, she's, yeah, she's just so matter of fact about what happened to her and about her, about her death. And I think as, uh, who was the Adam said in chat, Oren was the perfect person for her to tell the story to. Mm -hmm. I mean, one, because Oren just a great listener. He's a good dude. Yeah. Uh, but he has this kind of background knowledge of the events. So her just explaining about going to a feast mm -hmm. at the, at the castle and, there were going to be very special guests. Oh, oh like it's so good. One, it's like it's been a very fun and strong fan theory from the start. The fact that it's like confirmed is excellent. But then mm. you've got people, you know, sharing the screenshots of from the Legends of Ox Machina and how one of the characters looks kind of like Lordna. Like, yeah. and it's like, uh, how how long have they kind of thought about that? Like, was mm. that like was that an intentional thing? Um, I'm sure it was, but like, mm -hmm. how how long has this been in the works with Marisha? Um, well, is amazing. Well, what I had kind of theorized early on um, 
in our podcast for campaign three was mm. I'm wondering if the idea for Laudna sparked while they were making the Legends of Vox Machina. And Marisha mm. was like, huh, I wonder if yeah. I could play as one of these Suntree characters, like the one who is was who was Vex from the Sun Trail. Can I Matt, can I play as her, like in a resurrected form for campaign it three? It's interesting because I I have to go rewatch that scene in the campaign because I remember in the animated series they get reanimated during uh, Delilah's mass kind of resurrection mm -hmm. spell which causes all the zombies in the city to rise up. I can't remember if in the campaign if the tr uh, if the bodies on the trees are reanimated or not, but she does clearly she's clearly been reanimated and she's got some connection to Delilah Briarwood. Um, but we know that she's a hollow one. So mm -hmm. there's some weird aspect to her resurrection. Like if she was resurrected on the tree, how did she escape the city? You know, like, or was she, you know, taken down and buried and then resurrected at a later date? Mm -hmm. um, there's not enough. We, we, we don't have enough of that backstory yet. And I'm not sure it's something that they're going to pry into too much. Cause that's, it's getting then very kind of personal. Um, yeah. I think we've, got the confirmation that this is what happened to her I, I, unless they start pushing into the more of the Delilah, Delilah stuff like why mm. are you hearing Delilah Barwood uh, alright in the original stream the bodies were already cut down thank you Adam um, gotcha. yeah it's and oh, and yeah and then the ears the like the, yeah. the cut ears the cut ears it's so sad um, mm -hmm. and this is not the this is not the grief I enjoy but it's like <laughs> it's it's it was beautiful. It was a beautiful scene because the way she described it, again, like I said, in the so matter-of-fact way, it was really mm -hmm. beautiful. And just Oram hugging her and apologizing, yeah. and she's like, "For what?" It's like, "I'm not, I'm not apologizing, um, like for them or anything. It's just that this shouldn't have happened. Like, I'm sorry that yeah. it happened to you." Uh, ah, ah. But then, like, ah. Oram's like history check to recall if he'd ever heard about that, and then paying off, and then. Matt describing like the shock as it hits you and realizing like what this is like is oh it's because it because so it, it was because this the sentry uh is like one of like the like the top 10 most popular like moments that has happened in critical role like it's yeah like That's a, it's most a most people video. even if they haven't seen campaign one they know about that sentry scene um, oh, and so I remember, it's... yeah, I remember listening to it the first time going through campaign one and like, mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't, hadn't come across the references yet. And it mm -hmm. was like, I had to pause and like walk yeah. away for a bit. Cause like, Oh shit, yeah. this is, this is dark. This is like mm -hmm. properly dark. Um, so good. I'm so, yeah, oh, I'm so pleased, like just pleased because it's, mm -hmm. It was a, it was an excellent reveal. Um, I thought it was a very touching and kind of warm reveal, I guess. Yeah. Even though it was yeah, a really yeah. dark and sad subject, it, it yeah. I just I love the the one on ones. I love that they're around the table together again. Uh, yeah. I love that it was Liam and Marisha sharing the scene because like mm -hmm. they're such good scene partners. Um, yeah. It was great, so good. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Awesome. But you know what else is awesome? Ooh, what's that? Critical Role fan art. Hey! Created by the wonderful community as we uh, use this moment to 
uh, take a look at some some amazing fan art uh, created by <laughs> some very talented folks. Um, starting with Alana's, as it's very topical um, with what we were oh, just yes. going over. Switch scenes. We have this beautifully terrifying uh-huh. art done by at Acandamador. Acandamador. Yes. Chip. Yes. Chip. Yep. <laughs> that. On on Twitter, uh, we've got uh, looks to be Laudna rising once more uh, mm. from, from the sun tree. The lightning flashing in the background. So uh, cool. Yeah. Yep. Confirmed. Confirmed, yeah. And um, someone in chat uh, pointed out to uh, Berger. Berg, Berger said she did say she woke up hanging from the tree. And I think that's ah. correct. I think she said, like, the next thing I know, you know, I, I woke hanging from a tree or with yes. a rope around my neck or something like that. Um, oh, it, it looks so good. It just looks so must up. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's, it's, it's such a simple kind of piece of art um, in terms of just, like, the sounds so wanky the composition like, like yeah. it, it, it it is i just love the use of like the lightning to kind of illuminate mm-hmm. her and ah oh. yeah good stuff good yeah. stuff totally awesome um and switching over to my pick this beautiful imogen nightmare art by at liabra on uh on twitter uh, this is a from like a week ago or something but okay. i had only just recently come across it and i just i love Oh my god! Of Imogen's dreams. Oh my and this is god! Gorgeous piece. That's amazing. Yeah. Holy crap! And it's what? uh, it's pretty terrifying. I now understand why she runs from the storm. Yeah, that's like, holy crap! Really that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I love. Oh. I love and this imagine art style too, too. Now we've got kind of like this idea that it is uh the iron smell which is that kind of yeah like i know technically said blood i like the idea that there is like the a metallic aspect to this uh-huh. storm as well um almost like actual flicks of iron are floating in the storm mm-hmm. um oh my goodness yeah that's exciting that's really cool art mm-hmm. yep makes me uh want another want another image in dream so come on, get to it. Get to an Imogen. Come on, have another nightmare. Let's see it. Yeah. Walk into the storm. Face it. So cool. I'm very excited for more. Uh, but there we have it. As always. Oh, whoop. Wrong mm. scene. There we Uh-oh. go. Uh-oh. I switched to the, the, the solo podcast scene. Uh, we're back. Oh, I see how it is. I see how it right. is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave. That's fine. Uh, except we were both like in my own box. Oh, nice. So like... <laughs> nice um but yeah so as always the critter artists are talented sons of sons of yitches Um, how dare they i know serious but thank you thank you critical (laughs) artists for being uh so amazing Um, but anything else with the laudna and orem stuff i mean again like i'll I'll be like i wish i think I don't think it's legal, so I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say I will do this, but hypothetically, <laughs> hypothetically, <laughs> next time I should bring at least like an audio recording device just to record the oh, audience's right. reactions. Hypothetically, of course. Hypothetically, this conversation could have gone anywhere. Oh, true. <laughs> hypothetically, yeah. I would do that because 
I, I want to just relive listening yeah. to the audience, the audience's it's, reaction you, to that reveal. You'd probably get in more trouble from your local cinema than you would from like Crocodile oh, yeah. Roll or anything True. like that. True. Um, that would be that'd be really cool. I love yeah, so I, I love audience reactions because we yeah, don't have live shows in my country and we don't yeah. have cinema shows in my country. I have to live vicariously through others. Mm. Um, that'd be cool. Do it. I you have my permission to do yeah. this. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> um, yeah. So just, I think, tell, just tell the security guards like, no, no, I have permission. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alana fine. said I could do this. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Next time. Next. Hopefully. They do more of these, uh, mm. because the the first one they had was episode one, right? Yeah, they did that for episode one. So, yeah, yeah hopefully it's a bit more frequent. Because uh, episode one was already like what six months ago, like half a year. Oh already. no! Yeah. It, could, it could fuck off, <laughs> fuck right off. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yep. <laughs> Actually, we're halfway October to a, we're halfway to a year already. With it was October campaign three. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. We're almost, we're, uh, we're going to be coming up on a year, like, pretty, pretty fast, fast, sooner than, than we think. So. Ah, uh, you ruined my day. <laughs> <laughs> and your day has only just begun. Oh, oh man. boy. Um, that's wild. Yeah. That's wild to think yeah. about. So next, next time I'll. I'll, I will for sure go, and I will definitely bring some kind of an audio recording device because I think that'd be really fun to then like overlay it with like, um, like the the recording the, of the show. Yes, just like replace yeah. the audio and all that stuff. Nice. That'd be really fun. So yes, I'll be doing it. Oh boy. Just in case there's any police watching. Hypothetically, cinema security guards yep. watching. <laughs> no, really, yeah. not a mask. Yep. <laughs> Um, but then we had uh, Chutney and, uh, it was, or, or, uh, or sorry, uh, FCG and Imogen, that, I think, was first. Yes. Yes. The Mind Tornado. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, uh, that's exciting. <laughs> that was really cool. And, again, I think like, like we were saying before, it could have gone, it, it potentially could have gone very, very bad. Um, with yeah. With maybe taking, like, crazy psychic damage or mixing up memories and stuff. Yeah. Um, but this does lead to some potentially interesting stuff down the line because as we were saying before like what if this means that FCG can now enter her dreams mm. if she yeah. if they peer into her mind um, they've, they've really made this kind of connection that, yeah. that uh, holds there so we got now FCG has like has visually seen what the storm looks like and yeah. has an understanding um, which is yeah it's 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 cool that that she can show it to someone else and then it makes you think like well is it dreams or is it like more visions is it uh uh-huh. is it it obviously happens when she's asleep but it could it could be um you know what's the difference really but it could be like more of a vision rather than like yeah. a dream something that she's making up herself and she's never seen it before it could be a premonition it's it's there's some there's something fucky with her dreams obviously mm. um so it's just nice that she's able to share it with someone else um and then in turn share stuff from fcg which we're getting more and more of this this little dude we're getting more and more from his backstory and yeah path with dancer um but it was I don't like, know, what was, was your, so... what was your take on that? Like, mm-hmm. 
it, it, I, it was so sad for like because when Matt was describing it for what Imogen was seeing, you know, she was seeing FCG strolling around town with with the squad, having a grand old time. But then, like the next flashes was FCG being surrounded by all of their, you know, bodies and stuff, and the figure darting off into the forest. It's just that was sad. That's interesting, though, too, like, because this is the first time we've heard of, like, a figure being there, right? Mm -hmm. Because previously it was uh, FCG had said something about a large eye, like a singular eye yeah. that they have seen. But now we've got imagery of, like, yeah, a, a, a humanoid figure fleeing the scene, which, mm -hmm. you know, what the fuck's up with that? Who is that? Are they... You know, because FCG remembers one eye... Do we know of any factions or maybe NPCs that we've encountered in the past that either have like a one-eye tattoo or like a, a faction whose symbol is, a, is an eye? And maybe Mommy. that's what they saw. I'm not sure. If there's any super... mistress. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Iron's gone dark. <laughs> like she's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think. I, mean? I don't know. Yeah, Nick, Nick, thank you. Nick brings up the pack, uh, and it, it struck, struck me when he said it too. Matt mentioned how the bodies, and they were all covered in blood. Um, they were all bloodied bodies. Either I that was a lot of dancers' blood, but, like, mm -hmm. why would the automatons be, like, necessarily covered in blood? It, it just... It, I, know it's, I know it's, like, a real kind of, you know, wild theory that they weren't actually automatons but it kind of like makes you it was suspicious it was suspicious the way he described it because it wasn't so much like you know you see the bloody body of dancers you see their bloodied bodies um which to me indicates you know it's all their blood on their bodies why the hell what the hell is up with that uh they, yeah, and the, the other theory is that, you know, there could have been other humanoids traveling in the group. It wasn't necessarily just automatons. Mm -hmm. But get out of here with that. I don't want your logic <laughs> on my theories. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, Ooh. Yeah, so we've got a few people saying that it could be the remnants. Um, yeah, Vecna. You know, the follower, followers of Vecna, because, you know, Vecna might be involved somehow mm -hmm. with Delilah being yeah. around, maybe. Um, mm -hmm. Could be isolated. Uh, Cami does say that Ukatoa's um, followers had eyes, so maybe there's some kind of a connection there. Um, there's some connection with Aeor, like perhaps if Dancer had some kind of Aeor excursion, that's yeah. how she's got these automatons. It could be something to do with like the eyes of the Somnovum, some kind of like yeah. branch off from that. Mm -hmm. Maybe it could be a person with an eye patch. We don't know. True. Like it could be a could be a pirate. Um, mm -hmm. So Could be a I just want more and pirate Kingsley. Is Ooh, it Kingsley? Confirmed. Go. Confirmed. Kingsley lost an eye and is now <laughs> out killing Sam's backstory. <laughs> um, I yeah, but I like I like the what one that they're gonna keep trying this. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's always more potential for more of this to happen. Yep. But we're now at that point of the campaign where it's like, oh, we're getting deep into the backstories and we've just got to wait for more kind of quiet times to talk. Um, mm -hmm. I remember that in campaign two so much. It was just like, it's been like three episodes. You guys need to talk about this, but you haven't had a chance to stop and actually chat. And then when yeah. they finally do get to a place, it's like, like Caleb's like, I'm going to go speak to Nod. It's like, yes, fuck yes. Let's go. <laughs> Here <Yeah>. we go. <laughs> and it's time funny. to chat that we got all of this crazy backstory stuff 
from so many characters. Because uh, I think, I think, this episode, last season, episode 17, maybe it was like 17, 18 oh, around there, is yeah, when Caleb dropped his mm -hmm. big, big mm -hmm. backstory bomb. Um, cool. That was just one Amazing. character. This one, we got a bunch of people, you know, dropping some, some stuff. I don't yeah. think everyone's was as heavy as Caleb's. I mean, Laudna's stuff was um, very shocking, but it was something that we yeah. already kind of had guessed. This was just confirmation. Um, I, I yeah. mean, maybe early on for last campaign, people may have theorized that, oh, I wonder if Caleb like, killed his parents or something. Um, oh, my God. So uh, but, oh, episode 18 was when I dropped. Yeah, 18, yeah. 17, I think, was when Trent appeared for the first ah, time. Ah, yes. Yeah. Pass uh, close. But some crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, but next up is when we had Chetney and Earl. Oh. And this, this was like this was like the wholesome sad one. It was like... This is, oh. No, this is the grief. This is the grief that fuels me. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. No, it was... It was it was very good. I... <laughs> the acting. The acting in the scene. It, it, was, it was good. Uh, and it was nice because Travis plays Chetney as a very comedic character. Um, hmm. But it's nice that he then knows how to then reel him in and yeah. play him as, you know, and, yeah. in, in, and it's, in this it, way. And it's Travis because Travis is just, he's so invested in his friend's backstories. Yeah. Like, wants to know and he'll constantly push so him being open to listening and asking the right questions it's such a good mm -hmm. trait of Travis uh, <laughs> a, tra a trait of Travis as a player um, uh -huh. oh my god it was it was lovely like when, when he asked like you know I, I wrote in my notes because he asked Oro about the tattoos and he was yep. being so cagey. He kept kind yeah, of like passing yeah. the bar. I wrote in my notes, Orum has sidestepped the moon tattoo questions, but then eventually it was directed exactly and he couldn't really sidestep yep. it. But uh, he gave out like this long sigh as if to say like, uh -huh. oh, am I actually going to talk about it? And, he, and, and we did. Yeah. And we got the reveal. And oh. it was... <laughs> the I think the crowd collectively started crying when when oh. Orm was like it helps like it's it's remind me of my husband and everyone was like oh mm. oh it was it was so good it was so yeah. good and then when he was like um um you know it's it's Katha and Rudis um big and moon my husband moon. was a was a half elf big moon little yeah. moon oh. <laughs> but oh, it's so good. It's so sad because it's just, it's not brooding sadness that Aurum has. It's just that kind of, it's the long-term grief, I guess. It's, yeah. the, um, it's the, the person that's lost their partner. Um, so that's what we get, that kind of real quiet, reserved aspect. But there's what gets me excited for him going absolutely apeshit when they find these exactly. creatures. That, exactly. Because yeah, then. Because we that, know now. Yeah, this yeah, kind of, this kind of lends to my theory that I had talked about in previous episodes, where I was like, "Oh, what if Orum's husband died during the attack, yeah. and Orum wasn't wasn't actually sent by Keyleth, and this is more of like a vengeance mm. trip, yes, um, to get to I'm the bottom smart. of this." Um, <laughs> I still think it's possible that Keyleth instructed um, Orum, or Orum like volunteered to do it because uh, Orum lost his husband during this. Um, but it would also be interesting if he was like going against like her orders and he actually just set off on his own to get to the bottom of yeah. it. Um, um, 
I'm I'm prepared. I'm prepared for him to go feral. I'm prepared for uh, the angst that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, everyone's saying it in chat. I'm sure you've seen it already. Yep. His his husband's name was Will. Yep. Derry, mm-hmm. the half elf, the fighter protector of the Ishari, had a son named Will. Yeah. And it's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's Wait, even was it, was it... Oh no, never mind. Because we had the theory that you know. Orem trained under Derek and potentially mm-hmm. lost Derek in the attacks. Yeah. But the fact that it was his husband and well, let's be real, I don't think Liam's done this casually. It's almost certainly mm-hmm. Derek's son who he was married yeah. to. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, like, yeah. it's like, damn it, Liam, fucking hell. <laughs> Come on, dude. Um, I, 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 love, I love, I'm loving all of these like direct connections to campaign one though. Oh, it's, it's, it's really great. nice. Yeah. Give it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to give a shout out to Jason in chat. Orem equals ruinous moon conspiracy. This is what I wrote last night. Is that is that? Oh mirrored? yes, big moon, little moon. Orem equals ruinous. Ah oh, yes. Yeah. Promise you, I didn't write that just then. That was written last night. It was like, let's go. Yep. I'm with you. Let's go. There it is. You're in first. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> oh. But it it it, it was a very a very sweet moment. Um, yeah, and as you say, Chetney was like so nice in that scene. I, uh, I, I like noticed... hiding his own tears mm, as well. Yeah, <laughs> his his voice work was really good in that scene. I thought yeah. with Travis, because like, mm-hmm. he he had Chetney's voice, but he lowered it so softly. Um, yeah. You gotta think that's like I would be coughing <laughs> like mm-hmm. crazy if I was trying to do that voice that low and that quiet. Um, but no, it was just such a sweet scene, and it was. I'm so excited now for them to, to find out more about these attacks and to yeah. one closure for Orem, but then you know, figure out what the fuck's going on. Like it's personal now. It's 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 deep. Yeah, and like like I, like I had said previously, like I I feel like an encounter with these assassins is very possible, given what their current objective is, and that's you know finding these papers, finding out what the Loomis twins had uncovered. Um, speaking with this scholar that's in the Hartmore Hamlet, like, I feel like we're, we're rapidly approaching an encounter with these assassins that attack Zephra. Yeah. So, we'll probably get some more, some more Aurum Anigans once that goes down. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah. 100%. I'm wondering if it's going to be Imogen might be a target. Yeah. The seemingly yeah. is targeting... Well, at least in the Loomis Twin case, it was targeting them, we assume, because of their research into what what's going on. So, mm-hmm. who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Oh, I'm Let's so go. excited. Um, <laughs> but then next up, and then the, the final watch, I guess, for the night was Laudna and Ashton. And this was mm. the night of the <laughs> pixie, the little fairy. The pixie. The, oh, the happy little wholesome oh, cute. Little saw. Tinkerbell. Yeah. Tinkerbell totally, yeah. totally wholesome. But I, I love like them trying to feel like what do we do? Do we, we go say hi? And then Travis yeah. like oh, just fucking smash it. Um, yeah. Was great. But then <laughs> I personally <laughs> lost it when they woke up Fern and Fern was like yeah. oh, those bitches. <laughs> <laughs> you woke me up for that. Yeah, the like rats, <laughs> like yeah, the rats of the Feywild. She had the, she had the right reaction, and I yeah. think it was that maybe like uh, peer pressure that forced her to actually stay awake. Uh. Like, I mean, in the nicer sense. Um, 
because yeah. then it was very much like they were they were starting to say like what well, can we choose to fail our says because uh-huh. i was the same i i would have been played that exact same that scenario it would have been uh-huh. like a oh how do we communicate with this creature yeah. how do we like it wants to it wants to like probe into our minds clearly it wants to talk let's just fail our saves on purpose um but the way because like i was that way too um but the way I, I, I probably would have played it out the same way they did, but like from a player's perspective, when Matt was when Matt was saying that like when they were succeeding in these saving throws, when they were like, it's trying to connect with you, it's trying to communicate with you. I was like, connect? That's an interesting choice of words. I'm wondering if it's trying to like possess them as a way yeah. of like connecting to them. That's what I was that's mostly what I was worried about. Um mm. so I don't know. It was it was crazy. Um, mm. But it was exciting to see then the like the realization that this thing was far more uh, nefarious than we originally had thought um, because mm. it did influence Fern. It did cause her to fall into some kind of a strange daze and then continue down mm. like a set path. And um, then... <laughs> Then even then I was thinking of, oh, maybe this is just a deterrent feature that this creature has, you know, like yeah. to make it not seen and to make it like give it an easy escape. It's like, oh, you forgot that you were chasing me, so I'm just going to fly off. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a little bit more sinister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just it, it, it definitely was. But what an interesting concept for a creature, like a, a like a Venus flytrap slash like angler fish. Yeah. Yeah. Sort, sort of deal. Yeah. Yeah, Very 100% Adam. Creepy. It was the squish, it's the squishy moment from Finding Nemo. That's what I thought about too. It's just oh. like, oh, it's so cute. I'm gonna take care of it. It's my own thing. It's like, oh no, this is bad. Like, yep. yeah. Um, no, I'm excited. I'm excited for that combat uh, mm-hmm. because it sounds like it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty fun. Because also, some of them are still asleep. <laughs> like most. Yeah, like, they the, went. They went at least like a round of movement away. Uh, yeah, in terms I of like combat. Imogen, so. Imogen's still awake at camp, but Ashton and Fern are like, yeah, they're, they're off in the distance a bit. And mm. this creature is still there, supposedly going to be wanting to daze and confuse others. Um, yeah. So it's going to be fun. I like, I like those kind of uh, combats where players can be incapacitated or they can have mm. kind of uh, restrictions to their play. Um, yeah, it's going to be good, I reckon. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, overall, it was, yeah, just a great, great scene, really great moments between the characters. Um, but was there anything else we wished to touch upon for this episode? There was a lot. Um, and again, like we were saying before, like we love, we love travel episodes. We love the night watches and it, it took us 17 episodes, but we finally, you know, we finally got oh, one chock full of some some yeah. awesome stuff. Uh, so give me more. I love I love this. Yeah, I love it. Hundred percent. I think. It's great. I'm yeah. I, I'm I'm excited to see more about what this null rock is. Uh, yep. What the kind of mutations sure. are. The fact that this is just a sliver of it. Mm-hmm. I I'm excited for you know in 40 episodes time when they're in the Feywild and they're like oh there's the null rock we've heard so much about. Mm. Um, I feel like it's it, it's it's bound to happen. Or it might not. Who knows? But yeah. it's, a, it's an exciting possibility. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm loving all the Fairworld stuff. I'm loving the character yeah. 
backstories. And I'm excited too, because they did speak to Gianna this episode about, mm-hmm. uh, about the quest. So I'm ex- I'm, I'm really excited for, uh, really excited for the, the heist the, stuff. Doing this heist. Yeah. yeah. So the heist. That's going to be so much fun. Uh, yeah. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait for that. And, and yeah, as, as Adam was saying, uh, little, little FCG going for like upwards of more than like 20,000 gold. If, uh, they were looking to sell them for whatever reason. Yeah. I certainly hope they don't, but that's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. How, mm-hmm. uh, how expensive little, little FCG is. Um, yeah, super excited for more. Can't wait for this combat. going to be awesome. Um, but I believe with all of that being said and done, we can go ahead mm. and call this one a wrap. Yeah. Seven years of Critical Role, y'all. Seven oh. years. And here's to seven more. Fuck it. Hey. Seven more. We'll see you all. We will remember this moment right here when we're on the 14th anniversary of Critical Role. Be like, remember when we were on the seventh anniversary? We were talking about that one episode. Yes, we will remember that right now right here um so as always thank you all so much for coming out and uh and experiencing this with us you know this podcast has podcast hasn't been around for seven years but i'm glad that we (laughs) have it at least for the entirety of campaign three and beyond so i super appreciate you all coming out chatting uh those of you in the live stream those of you who are going to be watching this on youtube or on spotify or wherever else this podcast may find itself Thank you all so much for showing your support. But if you're looking to support us even further, be sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, links yeah. to that is going to be in the description down below. Uh, we post when we're going live and all that fun fun stuff. So be sure to check us out. Give us a follow. Um, yeah. And yes, also, hey. uh, <laughs> Critical Role isn't the only anniversary we will be celebrating. Uh, tonight oh. also marks the one-year anniversary of our community Discord server that we had started a year ago today. Um, so pretty soon after I end the podcast in about a half an hour, we're going to be, we're going to begin our evening of celebration as we hang out, play some games, watch some movies, uh, and just, you know, have a little, have a little fun time as we celebrate the one year anniversary. So hope to see you there for that. Um, yeah. So with all that being said, again, thank you all so much for watching. Uh, don't forget to love each other. Spread the love. Spread the love to everyone you meet, to everyone you see. But most importantly, don't forget to love yourself. That is the most important thing you can do. So make sure you're taking care of yourself. Drink some water. Eat some food. Get plenty of rest. I'm proud of you. Thank you for being here. So, I hope you all have an absolutely wonderful rest of your morning, day, evening, wherever you may be on this glorious earth. And we'll see you all very soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. I would just like to take a second to give a huge shout out to all of my wonderful Patreon supporters. Thank you to my expositors, Leah, Olivia, Sean, Pseudonym, The DM's Den, and Hannah. Thank you to my archivists, Annika, Daniel, Elliot, Emerson, Melissa, Noel, and John. And thank you to all of my high curators, Adam, Caleb, IMI, Andrea, Dustin, Rin, and Sylvia. Thank you all so very much for showing your support. It truly does mean a lot to me. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Stay awesome, and I'll see you in the next one.